What's up, friends? Uh, I started this Vulnerable You journey about, let's see, 14 weeks ago now, uh, maybe a little bit before that. And uh, the whole time I've been thinking about doing a uh, audio and video version of this. Uh, for those of you who, like me, uh, just can't stop uh, ingesting content, uh, even on the go, in the car, uh, on a morning walk, at the gym, whatever it is. And so I just kind of wanted to uh, make sure that I was getting this in multiple formats. And uh, it took a few weeks to uh, eventually break the seal on uh, recording this. So uh, I just released episode 14 of Vulnerable You uh, on Friday. And uh, I am now recording uh, this video. I will go back and record some of the old episodes too. Um, and I hope to make this part of the uh, reoccurring uh, habit of writing the newsletter and then recording uh, a video about it. So uh, if you're not subscribed and you are hearing this in, in another platform, uh, you can check it out at mattj.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just want to dive right in and uh, talk about uh, how I think I'll do these is talk about the, uh, the main body uh, of the newsletter is usually kind of a story or a topic that I'm thinking about uh, for that week that has to do with uh, some uh, mix of mental health and infosec uh, and personal growth and, uh, and, and things like that. Uh, and I'll probably talk about the, the topic, uh, on this, uh, YouTube and podcast version of this. And then I'm not going to like read it, uh, word for word or anything like that. Just, just talk about the topic and then, uh, just kind of go through the, uh, the news highlights that I, that I've pulled out for the bottom and, uh, any thoughts I have about all that. So with all that being said, let's get started. Uh, the, the topic I talked about this week was, uh, rejection. And so, uh, <laughs> being that the, the name of the newsletter is vulnerable you, and it's all about the mixing of security vulnerabilities and, uh, emotional vulnerabilities and being vulnerable and, uh, like recording this video feels a little vulnerable for me right now. Not to, not going to lie. Um, I've done a whole lot of conference talks over the years. I've done a whole lot of webinars and, uh, and all sorts of, uh, you know, podcasts, webcasts, things like that. And, but I've never actually sat and recorded one by myself, just me, the mic and the camera and, uh, some lights and things like that. So this, this feels a little weird for me, but, uh, on that topic and, you know, having talked at lots of conferences over the last, uh, 10, 15 years or so, um, I think the first, first black hat talk I gave, which was kind of my first big talk was in 2011. Um, so 12 years ago now. Uh, and part of, part of that whole experience is, is putting yourself out there and submitting a CFP, right. And, uh, actually submitting the talk, uh, for the review boards of the conference to give it a look and decide if, uh, you're, you're worried, uh, you're worthy, blessed by their high holy council, right? So, uh, Black Hat and DEF CON and, and the, the Vegas conferences tend to be some of the most stringent, uh, review boards and kind of the highest bar to clear, right? And so, uh, having, having given probably four or five, uh, Black Hat talks now, um, I think DEF CON twice, um, 
uh, I know the excitement and the nerves that that go into that, right? And this year was a little bit different. Um, I'm at kind of a different stage in my career where I'm not necessarily doing a whole lot of hands-on security research day to day. So I don't have any like cool projects that I'm that I'm working on or uh, like you know. <laughs> my my first talk was a, a, about hacking Chrome uh, OS, and my one of my other talks was about like building a browser botnet uh, from ad networks. It's not kind of how I spend my days uh, today, right? So, uh, you know, I gave uh, I submitted a few talks this this summer, and they all got rejected uh, in Vegas. And so I kind of wanted to talk about rejection, and you know, okay, how do I um, sit with that, and what do I do? uh, from there, right? Like, okay, am I just going to kind of throw these talks out, uh, these ideas out? Uh, and, and no, I think I'm probably going to, um, see what I could have done better, uh, learn from it a little bit. And, uh, you know, some of the things I just wanted to talk about, and I talked about the newsletter is kind of naming this, right? Like you put a name to some of the feelings that you're feeling on rejection, because I think a bunch of us probably just got uh, a lot of these emails this week. So hopefully a few listeners uh, are probably not, maybe not hopefully, but some of the, some of the listeners are probably going through the same thing. So some of the things that I can say that I felt this week, right? A lot of self-doubt, uh, a whole lot of self-criticism, um, some insecurity, right? Maybe some shame and some embarrassment, right? I talked about on Twitter and LinkedIn that I submitted the CFPs. I was very excited that I submitted them. So now I had to go out and say, well, they didn't get accepted, right? So a little, uh, a little insecure, a little embarrassed, right? Um, and I think these are all pretty normal feelings uh, in, in this kind of thing, right? But instead of kind of sitting and, and letting that just that those those voices in my head just kind of say, yeah, yeah, you know, this this was no good. And, you know, hang up the hat, you've lost your touch. Uh, you know, hey, you don't do any cool security stuff anymore. You probably shouldn't be on stage at the biggest security conferences anymore. Instead of sitting with that, I'm going to kind of think about maybe some of the tra- the the tracks that I submitted to. Maybe how can I uh, get a little bit more hands on with some of the topics that I uh, was submitting that were maybe a little bit more heady and esoteric, uh, and maybe get a little bit more uh, research and data around them to have like a stronger CFP for a different conference, or maybe I can do it on a venue like this where I record or have my co-presenters that I submitted with come and record with me and we put it on a YouTube or we do like a LinkedIn live or something like that. I think, uh, I think it would be pretty interesting, right? Um, this is really where, uh, where people who can go on and do great things versus people who kind of get stuck, uh, in this rejection loop, uh, can set themselves apart, right? If you think back to the birth of the B-Sides conference itself was born out of rejection, right? A bunch of people on Twitter uh, had their talks rejected from Black Hat and DEF CON and said, hey, uh, why don't we rent a house? I think it was before Airbnb, right? Why, why don't we find some vacation rental and a projector and we all just give our rejected talks to ourselves? And it was called B-Sides. B-Sides is one of the biggest security conference uh, companies and circuits around now. And it was born out of rejection instead of saying, okay, well, I wasn't good enough for this saying, Hey, I wasn't good. uh, You know, not that I wasn't good enough, but maybe it wasn't right for that crowd. uh, And I'm going to make my own crowd. uh, And, uh, and we're going to talk to each other. We're going to like it and learn something from it. Right. So with all the positive, what are we going to learn from this stuff out of the way? 
rejection sucks. It feels like shit. I uh, did not feel good getting those couple emails, right? Saying, uh, you know, hey, not this time, right? Um, but what was kind of interesting was one of the talks, I, I, I submitted a few technical talks, but one of them was more about what I'm talking about on this newsletter, right? And embracing vulnerability and like how we can rewire uh, the way that our brain looks at these things, right? That make us kind of feel bad, not just rejection, but just like, uh, the neuroplasticity around changing our mindsets to kind of look at things and um, have healthier uh, habits and positive thinking and a growth mindset out of this, right? Looking at obstacles and saying, yep, like that's that's the that obstacle that means I'm going the right way, right? Um, th these kinds of thought processes that can kind of help rewire us was one of the topics that actually got rejected. Uh, from Vegas. So, you know, I thought it would be good to kind of sit and talk about this today. Um, one of the main places that I draw inspiration from for this newsletter and when I was getting started uh, with this whole idea that I had about melding of the, the security vulnerabilities and like the personal emotional vulnerabilities is actually from a uh, speaker and researcher named Brene Brown. And uh, she calls herself a vulnerability researcher. And I saw that and I said, hey, me too. <laughs> completely different uh, vulnerability though, right? And so I was hoping to go to Vegas this year and kind of start to share this idea and like redefine what vulnerability is, right? Um, redefine uh, how the security community looks at this and says, hey, these are our bunch of our weaknesses that we need to identify and eliminate, right? Uh, and reinspecting that and saying, hey, you know, from a personal side, I think vulnerability could be a great strength, right? Uh, there's a few reasons here, right? Like when we share these things and we open up and we talk about this stuff publicly, uh, some of the struggles that we're going through or things like rejection or, uh, you know, some personal stuff or loss or grief, uh, we're opening ourselves up to kind of self, uh, not self, but just criticism from, from who we are opening up to. Right. Um, and what happens is kind of a beautiful thing as a ripple effect of this is that the rest of the people that are reading about your vulnerability, uh, there's going to be a certain percentage of them who have felt that same thing, right? And they're going to realize that they are not alone in this feeling, right? So really the ultimate goal of sharing this stuff publicly is so that we all become more resilient together, right? Uh, I think this fits nicely in the InfoSec community, right? We we do a whole lot to become more resilient, both personally uh, and like maybe at your company. That's what you're getting paid to do, right? And I think the uh, the journey of sharing and redefining vulnerability uh, in, in a personal way to become more resilient together is really the strength and the goal here. And I wanted to kind of share that in, in Vegas and bring that to the InfoSec community. And um, I'm going to find some other ways that I can do that, this being one of them. In this week's newsletter, I linked back to episode six of Vulnerable You, where I talked about a book by Angela Duckworth titled Grit. And uh, she's got a few concepts in that that I really liked and I applied to InfoSec in that one. You can go and read it uh, where I go into more detail. But one of the ones that uh, made sense to reference in in the realm of rejection when we're talking about that is she talks about developing a growth mindset. 
Uh, and this is the, the concept of rewiring your brain to look at setbacks as opportunities for growth rather than just like evidence of your own limitations, right? Um, you can draw parallels for this growth mindset all across InfoSec where, okay, you're dealing with a data breach, you're dealing with some sort of incident response that might, uh, security control might've failed. Um, and instead of looking at some of these things as failures, you can look at them as opportunities to grow. And this is just kind of natural, uh, what to do at a day job type stuff. But, uh, I think applying it to just bettering yourself, uh, in general and your own personal growth is a really powerful, uh, tool to think about, right? Especially when you're facing something like rejection, uh, head on. All right. That's enough about rejection. I wanted to cover the news links that I read this week that caught my eye that I put in every newsletter uh, at the bottom and uh, just kind of want to hit on some of the highlights, right? So one of the first ones that I saw that I had never even thought about this um, was a stack ranking of programming languages based on their carbon footprint or energy emissions. I just never even thought about this. And so there's a research paper that I linked that uh, gives a kind of environmentally friendly score to programming languages, right? I had heard of things like the blockchain, Bitcoin mining being terrible for the environment and uh, using a whole lot of uh, CPU power, which of course uses electricity and so on and so forth. But I never really thought about uh, comparing programming languages to each other in this same regard, right? So uh, if you're curious, the top three uh, best uh, in terms of the energy score on this research paper are C, number one, just behind it, Rust, the new hotness. And uh, third is C++. So everyone break off your uh, 90s programming skills that are still super valuable and efficient and fast. Uh, or you can play with Rust. The worst three, super interesting, um, pretty much by far, uh, Perl is, uh, is the worst. Unfortunately, uh, the next two, which are incredibly popular, are the next two worst, which is Python and then followed by Ruby. Uh, I, I don't think I've worked anywhere that isn't making heavy use of Python these days. So maybe we've got to start rewriting our Python stuff in Rust. I don't know about all that. All right. Another one, uh, there, this was kind of an interesting, uh, not, not a use case, but an interesting, uh, case study in, uh, the supply chain security world where, uh, a friend of mine, Nate Warfield, uh, and his team did a bunch of research where they found out that millions of motherboards uh, coming out of a provider called Gigabyte were being sold with a firmware backdoor already uh, installed in it. So yeah, this was preloaded with a firmware uh, backdoor to let anyone connect to it. Uh, there is an update out. So if you're interested, you can read about that and record your, uh, go install your update. Um, Next, I have a kind of a funny one uh, that we, we've seen a whole lot of domain squatting or people not getting their certificates uh, renewed results in some form of uh, embarrassment of, hey, we lost our we lost our cert or we lost our domain. This one's kind of hard to pull back. Uh, the state of Maryland has a URL on their license plate and they didn't renew that URL. So uh, now it redirects to a uh, casino based in the Philippines. Uh, don't think you're going to claw back all those license plates anytime soon. So hopefully they can uh, claw back the domain. 
All right, next up in the world of cybercrime, uh, the FBI is investigating and has made a few arrests of uh, a group called the COM, and there's a subgroup called ACG. They've made two arrests out of this group so far. This group is associated with a whole lot of swatting, uh, basically calling in uh, fake uh, emergencies and sending a SWAT team to somebody's house or business. It looks like they were doing it to schools. Uh, they also uh, threatened to commit bombings of numerous universities. So uh, real top tier uh, folks here. And so, uh, yeah, I linked a, a report by Joseph Cox out of Vice, who's uh, one of my favorite journalists in, in the space. Um, and he talks about the FBI's investigation of uh, the COM, this group. Um, next up, I linked a report from one of the coolest vendors uh, in InfoSec, Finkst Canary, um, with, uh, and it seems like they're going to start doing this report fairly regularly. Um, so this is their quarterly uh, quarterly report of a whole bunch of curated uh, info security research and different things that they tracked, uh, kind of a signal to noise type thing, but it's a beautifully done report. And one of the cooler things that, um, that I thought about it was that they are a vendor. They do have a splash page for this PDF. And so I kind of braced for impact of them asking for all of my personal details and my company's revenue. And uh, you just click the link and they give you the PDF. So thanks, thanks for just putting stuff out there uh, and being cool about it. Um, next, a quick link from uh, Elastic for those of you running an Elk stack uh, at your job or in your lab. Uh, they they finally have uh, in memory um, kernel call stacks in in Elastic. I know this is kind of a deep technical cut here, but I thought this was a cool feature. Um, really ups the game for uh, visibility. Uh, if any of you do DFIR type stuff, uh, you know that it's kind of hard uh, without in-memory visibility. So that is now part of Elk. I know their uh, Elastic is not first to market on this, but I'm glad giving its popularity that they do have it now. Uh, next up, I saw kind of an interesting uh, series of tweets out of Chris Krebs. Um, who uh, was talking about a um, an announcement from China about their new plane, the C919, that they came out and kind of cheered that they had this new national plane. Uh, and uh, there's a really cool infographic of all of the different parts of the plane that were stolen via cyber espionage. So uh, apparently there's a whole APT group named after uh, the individuals who were stealing the information to make this plane. So uh, it's a cool graphic to see the different espionage campaigns and which countries uh, the different parts of the plane got stolen from. So super interesting. Uh, next, I really liked this talk um, at NorthSec 2023. And so I linked the whole talk uh, via YouTube video for those of you interested. And the reason I like this talk is I like how popular detection engineering is becoming, right? Uh, you know, red team stuff, blue team stuff. Uh, there's the age old debate about which one's more entertaining at conference talks and things like that. But uh, detection engineering is kind of becoming uh, a hot topic. And I'm very glad about it because it's incredibly useful uh, on the, the blue and purple side of things. 
So this talk is titled Infrastructure as Code, uh, Automation and Testing, the Key to Unlocking the Power of Detection Engineering. Uh, super cool talk, um, talks about MITRE ATT&CK and how you can kind of feed some signals from MITRE ATT&CK into uh, things like an LLM or uh, your SIM and, and how to uh, pull out signals out of that and detect uh, attacks. Um, that's pretty much the news this week that I have linked. I linked a few other little memes and stuff, but not worth talking about uh, on the video or audio portion of this. So yeah, I want to just thank you all for listening or watching wherever you're consuming this and let me know any feedback of uh, any other ways that you'd like to consume this content or anything I could do differently uh, in this format or my newsletter or anything you want to see. And uh, yeah, like I said, this is the first one. So appreciate you being here and uh, we'll, we'll iterate. We'll get better with time and uh, we'll, I'm going to go back and record some of the, uh, the other vulnerable use. So we kind of have a backlog of content and hopefully do this from now on. So thanks very much.